podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Hello and welcome to another edition of County Cricket Matters. Um, I'm delighted today to have with me uh, of uh, the old favourite, Dan Whiting. Hello, Dan. How are you? Hi, Annie. Hi. And uh, also to have Tony Bishop from Gorilla Cricket with us. Uh, I believe you were at Sussex Middlesex game. Tony. I was. I was uh, enjoying the, the fabulous um, chocolate cake, amongst other things. <laughs> and um, even more excited to welcome from miles and miles away in Australia uh, the brilliant patron of County Cricket Matters, Jason Gillespie. Hello, Jason. Uh, hello, Annie. Thanks for having me. Hello, Dan, Tony. Hi. <laughs> I'm going to move uh, swiftly on to uh, Dan, who's going to take us through the rounds. OK, Division One, let's start off at Southampton, where we had a Hammond and an organ playing in the match. I wasn't expecting any commentary for this. I just expected dee 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 in the background. So uh, it was great. But Felix Organ got 107 and James Vince with 78. They underpinned Hampshire's score of 342. Gloucestershire responded with 179, thanks to Mohamed Abbas with 6 for 45. And then there were some bizarre night watchman choices from James Vince, which saw the Hampshire batting skewed. Uh, shall we say, uh, and they were 103 for nine. They'd opened the door to let Gloucestershire back in. But despite some career bests, Gloucestershire responded with 280 all out. George Scott with 77 there. Annie, Night Watchman, it's a, it's a funny subject, isn't it? Some are pro Night Watchman, some are against. What's, what's your view? Well, I think uh, it was an interesting choice to put Abbas and Abba in as uh, night watchmen, both who got ducks. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm a, I, I, I'm a fan of night watchmen, as is probably our um, our guest here, Jason. Um, you know a bit about night watchmen and scoring well as a night watchman, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, maybe once or twice. Uh, yeah, look, the night watchman is a is a real. Um, it's an interesting tactic, I suppose. Um, I, contrary to, I mean, obviously my playing career, um, I, I was given that task. But as a coach, uh, I'm neither here nor there with it. Uh, I think batters' role is to bat. Um, and, you know, the, the top six batters are probably most equipped to handle the best bowlers in the opposition. So it stands to reason that uh, the best batters go out there and do their jobs. Um, however, having said that, I, I can sympathise and understand that um, there are certain situations um, where... You, know, you may employ a night watchman. So from a from a coaching standpoint, um, I, I tend to leave it up to the the individual player, the next batter in. If he prefers to have a night watchman, then uh, we'd hear to that. But as a general rule, I I think uh, I think batsmen should be able to 
uh, they're picked in the side to, to bat and, uh, and do your job, basically. And you haven't even mentioned your, your 201 out. We, we don't have enough time for that. that <laughs> it was a nine-and-a-half-hour epic innings, so best innings in the history of the game, but we'll just, uh, we, we don't have time for that. At what, at what point in the sort of, you know, with how many overs to go does a night watch from put on his pads? Like 10, 8, something like that, would you say? Yeah, it's it's normally uh, the night watchman. It's either twenty minutes or six overs as a, as a general rule um, in teams that I've been involved in um, uh, over the years. It tends to be around that twenty minute mark, roughly, you know, five to six overs. Um, that that tends to be how it works. Yeah, and Tony Mohammed Abbas, six wickets there. What a signing he's been for Hampshire. Oh, fantastic. Well, six for and three in the second innings. He got three for sixty-two. I yeah, think in did, the second yeah. innings, uh, and. Um, it's Carl Abbott still at Hampshire. Am I, am I right? He there? is. Yeah, well, I mean, he is. If you think about the two of those together, I mean that that would terrify a lot of <laughs> of, of uh, you know batting lineups. I reckon it's just relentlessly accurate, which mm. I think is fantastic. I think the county championship this season, maybe because I don't know, maybe I'm watching it that little bit closer than, than normal. Though I always watch it, just some phenomenal bowling talent. I mean, really, really exciting. You know, Mohammed Amir was playing in that game and, you know, for a sort of a what's pretty much a comeback, he was doing very nicely. But uh, I think uh, Abbas, he, 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 somehow he's, he's not as glamorous as others, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but didn't he have a fabulous time at Leicestershire as well. Am I right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it is, he is just, he does, he, he does enough with the ball. Um, he moves it both ways. He's, his economy is fantastic. Um, and I would put him right up there with a with a whole phalanx of of bowling talent that we're able to enjoy this year, which I think is which is terrific. Yeah, he's in my Annie. fantasy team, of course. But um, I, I just want to say a quick thing for uh, an Iron Donald who uh, um, has has had he's been out with reconstructive knee surgery, and, and was this his first game back? I think, and uh, yeah, um, immediately was. gets an eighty nine, um, looking really strong, isn't he? Yeah, Hampshire are really strong. But let's move on to another side who are at the top of the table where Surrey cemented their place uh, at the Kia Oval, thanks to 100 from Rory Burns, which saw them to 401 all out. Despite runs from Luke Proctor, Northamptonshire only managed 194, and when they followed on with 202 all out. Jason Dan Worrell, he's down at Surrey. Is it a true story about his curved run-up being due to a tree in his garden when he was a kid? Is there any truth in that story? That, that's a hundred percent true. Um, <laughs> but but I think I think Dan Dan's a, a slightly different character. Like he, he's a he's a barrel of laughs. He's a very funny guy, and I think he he kind of played up to it a little bit. And in, in his backyard or front yard, there was this tree, and he ran around it. And, um, yeah, but it just he's just felt always felt more comfortable running in with a bit of an angle and. Uh, it created a bit of trouble when you have three nets going at training and he's running from <laughs> the first net and he's going to the third net. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bob Massey was another one, wasn't he? He had a big curved run. Um, and a tough trip for Northamptonshire, wasn't it? Going in the Surrey's never an easy place to go. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. We, we talked about this last week, how strong Surrey are at the moment. They've got, they've got so many different players and and they're able to rotate their bowlers at the moment and it's looking really strong I think um one of the first things North Ants did was uh put Surrey in and perhaps that probably wasn't the best decision in the end um so yeah tough really tough for them but a tough team to play yeah and Tony I'm gonna 
take you out of your comfort zone here because me and you are both Middlesex men. I, li- I do live in Surrey. That's an evil. <laughs> uh, well, let's, do you think, I mean, Surrey have got to be in with a shout this season, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, yes, you would think so. I mean, uh, I assume Rory Burns will, can, I think Rory Burns is likely to get his, his England place back, but I think mm. he'll always make runs at county level. Um, it's a, normally a beautiful batting track at uh, the Oval. I mean, 401 was, you know, not a bad, not a bad start for them, was it? Uh, Curran coming back into form. Not sure. Definitely he'll be back in England set up. He's Colin not bowling de, yet, Colin de Grandom. No, no, no. But he did make 73 with the bat. So mm. maybe a spell not bowling is not going to do him any harm. No. Uh, Colin de Grandom. I mean, that's a fantastic addition. In, in for Roach, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which is, I don't, you know. In a way, I think you're strengthening your batting and not necessarily your bowling, but definitely you're strengthening your batting by bringing in, you know, the man who's named like an airport, old CDG. Um, so, <laughs> I, I mean, if you have a if you have a quick if you have a quick look at uh, the, the you know first and second division table, far be it from me to be you know a, you know southern elite softy, um, but you've got Middlesex topper one and Surrey. <laughs> Top of the other, but I'm not saying it's going to last. Uh, but the short answer is, yeah, absolutely. They have the the, the, the resources. Uh, that's what you get as well when you've got fifteen thousand membership base. Yeah. Well, no. also they managed to they managed to drop Jamie Smith, who got a double hundred last week, and bring in folks uh, as their keeper. I mean, they are yeah, they're they're really going somewhere. They, the they'll attract talent. I mean, if you lose, if you you you. You, you lose a Kemar Roach and you can whistle up a Colin de Grandom. I mean, mm. I, I think you're doing okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think they're in with a shout. I'm sure there'll be twists and turns, but I'm, I'm sure they'll be there or thereabouts. Yeah. Well, let's go from Charles de Gaulle to Chelmsford as the return of Joe Roots or as... Uh, stands there, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, Essex got 403, 107 for Sir Alistair Cook. And more runs for Paul Walter, 141. Joe Root got 75. And Harry Brook, another 100 with 123. Essex batting, despite another tonne for the chef, it petered out into a draw. Um, Annie, Harry Brook, he's in with the runs. It's, it's every week we're talking about him, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, he's got 635 runs so far. Um uh, what is average 158 not bad in six innings reasonable um yeah, yeah. i think he, he's looking pretty good um so yeah but what a i mean what a sluggish game it was really and um i think there have been people complaining quite a lot i had great um saw a great comment from otis gibson who said uh it feels like we spent a lot of time and got nowhere. The game never really got going. It's four days and I'm not going to remember much about, to be honest. <laughs> not great from your coach. <laughs> well, well, that's a long journey from uh, Yorkshire down to Essex. And it cost them a few quid in petrol prices. And Jason, there's a story there with Adam Lydon, isn't there, about petrol? <laughs> I, I remember years ago uh, when I was uh, coach of Yorkshire and I just remember the lads sitting at the back of the bus and they were all talking about the, the rising fuel costs and and Adam just innocently turned to one of the lads and just said, "Ah, oh, that doesn't bother me, fuel prices, because I only ever put 20 quid in my car. And um, the, the, the lads just all ah. burst out laughing. And he, I, he didn't understand at that point in time. And I think one of the lads had to explain to him 
um, <laughs> petrol prices fluctuate, and therefore it depends how much fuel you get. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, very funny from uh, Adam. Gr- great character to have in, in your team and in your dressing room. Yeah, and Joe Root was backed for that one, Jason, and Sir Alistair Cook. I mean, they've achieved everything. I mean, the pinnacle is obviously captain your country, isn't it, in the game of cricket. They've achieved everything, yet they still want to go out and play. It's great, isn't it? I think it's absolutely fantastic. The, the way Sir Alistair Cook is, is still going out, churning runs out for his beloved Essex, um, you know, it, it just shows, um, I suppose, a strength of character in him and, and his genuine love for the game and, and wanting to give back to the game of cricket. I, I remember a couple of years ago, and I saw this article with young Tom Haynes down at Sussex. This was my final year coaching Sussex. I, I encouraged the lads to seek out Alistair Cook when we played Essex and uh, I know Tom had a good half an hour with you know Alistair wanted nothing more than to get on the motorway and get home and see his family but he he stopped and took the time to speak to a number of the young Sussex batters and and he gave uh, young Tom Haynes and uh, uh, Tom Clark and that uh, some really good advice and you know for him to be so giving of his time um, you know was was just absolutely brilliant and, and I know those guys really benefited from having that one-to-one conversation with Sir Alistair Cook, you know, a guy that they'd grown up idolising, watching play, and um, now they're sharing cricket grounds and dressing rooms with with him. So, you know, don't underestimate the value of having those senior players around to to spend time talking about cricket to these young cricketers in England. Yeah, no, spawn, spawn. And Tony, Yorkshire, they're they're looking strong. Uh, Yes. Uh, Isn't there what was the saying, you know? Strong Yorkshire, strong England. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely they are. Um, uh, David Milan, I mean, seems to be quietly playing himself into some nick and putting his hand up to make sure he's back in the England reckoning, I would think, possibly for this this summer. Harry Brook, we've already mentioned. I mean, but Joe Root was in the runs there. Uh, so, yes, I think similar character, you know, category of Surrey, that you, you, you'd always write. Yorkshire off at your peril, despite the challenges they've had, and the you know, I think ultimately they'll emerge stronger. Uh, yep. So no, so absolutely no surprise to me that they're, they're they're looking in good order. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, let's move uh, let's move over the Pennines from Yorkshire, and it was probably the most boring few days in Manchester since Jose Mourinho is in charge at uh, United down the road. There's another draw at Old Trafford, saw the visitors Warwickshire get 315, thanks to Dominic Sibley carrying his bat for 142. King Jennings returned for Lancashire with 110 out of their 361. Warwickshire then responded with 184, but the game ran out of time. Jason, lots of draws around. Is it the pitches? We've had a very dry April here. Hmm. Uh, I think there's a combination. Um, you know, I've heard from from afar that the uh, the surfaces it's obviously dry, as you said, Dan. Um, so the surfaces maybe are not offering the seam movement, and then couple that with the the slight tweak of the cricket balls, the the seams aren't quite as pronounced on the on the Duke cricket ball. Um, you know, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I, I think it makes you know bowlers have to be more disciplined and um, be more ruthless with their line and length and and make sure they're sticking to their plans um, and make, uh, earn their wickets. Um, so I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. And I think it gives a lot of confidence to to batters around the country as well, uh, going out there and scoring runs, and which is, is something that, that probably, let's be honest, has probably been a little bit of a problem for, for the national side uh, over the last little while is 
you know, outside of uh, Joe Root and possibly Ben Stokes, um, that they haven't had a lot of consistent run scorers for a little while now, England. And, mm. um, you know, I think to, to get a number of players in the county system in some form, it gives England some England selectors some real food for thought in order to pick those uh, those batting orders for the Test series against New Zealand. Yeah, definitely, I, I I agree. Tony, you've got some theories on the seam as well, haven't you? Well, uh, I mean, Jason uh, alluded to it there. I mean, what was it? Twenty-eight totals past four hundred, I think, already this season. Um, it is uh, so apparently softer and less pronounced. Now, Jason will know the lady's name. Um, the lady at Sussex who takes the balls out. Brenda. Brenda. I sat behind Brenda. Brenda and even she was talking about it. I wasn't asking. I just happened to be sat within her earshot. Well, Tony, Brenda knows all. She well, knows everything. Bre- well, Brenda, even Brenda was 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 kind of going, the players aren't, the boulders don't like this, these balls as much, anything like as much now she was going. So I was going, well, I thought if, if Brenda is saying that, then then it must be true um it's fact. i actually i had a chat with both toby Rowland jones and tim murta start of the season and and one of the questions i was asking was about tracks and ball and the, and the ball and the feeling that the ecb had be looking for shall we say more batting friendly tracks to try and you know encourage batsmen that can stay there for, for a while from a, from an england perspective and oddly you know I, you'd have thought you know, bowlers that are particularly someone like Tim, who's so used to nipping nipping the ball here and there, and 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 so much enjoying conditions when it's a little bit green. Um, he was actually really, really realistic, and he was going, "Look, you have to be able to bowl in all kinds of conditions. You have to think about ways. That, you know, if it's more challenging, that's going to be to the strength of the game and to the strength of, you know, it'll it'll force bowlers to think harder as well, which is, I think, pretty much what you you were saying. So. Um, Yes, the ball, I think, is a little bit different. Yes, there's grumbles and groans amongst some of the, the bowlers. Um, but ultimately, I think we've been seeing some great cricket. And if there's a little redress of balance, I don't think the game's worse for that. Yeah, speaking to the Middlesex guys, they've, uh, they said that last year with the, the new Compton and Edgewood stands at the nursery end, the ball was going around corners at Lords, and they thought of it sort of aided swing. They're saying this year it's not swinging at all. And from what I've seen doing the commentary on the Gloucestershire stream is that the ball doesn't actually swing for the first sort of six, seven overs. And then from overs seven to 20 swings prodigiously and then just stops. And there's been a load of people asking for the ball to be changed as, as you know, you bowlers do, Jason, when nothing's happening. You uh, have a little chat with the umpire. But I want to go on to um, Lancashire and Phil Salt. He he only got uh, he got, got 26 in this game. Annie, you've had your eye on Phil Salt all season. Yeah, um, well, he, he is rather talented, isn't he? With it? Certainly in, in white ball, it's interesting to see him in red ball. And uh, Jason, you he was with you in Sussex and uh, you, you nabbed him for uh, your BBL team, didn't you? Yeah, so I came across Phil, obviously, when I, when I coached at Sussex and, and got him across for the T20 uh, BBL um, with the Adelaide Strikers. Um, I, I think part of the reason, you know, there's been a lot of talk as to, you know, why he moved to Lancashire. Um, you know, I think there, there was a number of factors at play, as, as is my understanding. Um, one of them was, you know, potential opportunity to keep. He, he wants to test himself and see if he can keep. Um, but also remember, he's got family that live up in Sheffield, and I think his brother lives in Sheffield and and or in Manchester. Um, 
you know, so he's got he's got a bit of family up north. His his uh, his parents were from North Wales. What'll we done? So we're from Manchester. So so yeah. So he um, there was there was a lot of factors associated, but I think opportunity to to play uh, and potentially do some keeping in in four day cricket was a was a, a bit of a factor. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I just that, want to say one yeah, thing. Um, it was a <laughs> it was a day where uh, both uh, Jennings and Sibley uh, get a hundreds. Um, I think um, <laughs> we probably could have done with six days for that um, because their strike rates are under fifty mostly. So um, it's it's interesting to see them both getting a hundreds in such a slow way. Yeah, Jennings, Sibley and Burns all with mm. hundreds all knocking on the selector's door. Mm. Well, that concludes Division 1. So the table, you've got Surrey top with 89 points, Hampshire on 81, Lancashire 72 and Yorkshire with 64, third and fourth. But they both played one less game. Essex then 54, Warwickshire on 50, Northants 40, Gloucestershire 34, Somerset 33 and Kent 30. And uh, it's going to be the West Country Derby, which I'm covering this week, which with both sides where they are on the table, looks like being an absolute cracker. And I'm looking forward to falling out with Annie and Sam for four days during that <laughs> one. So uh, but anyway, let's move on to Division Two. And there's only one place to go, and that's New Road Worcester, where Ben Stokes returned with a bang and a record 17 sixes in his innings. One over from Josh Baker went for 34. Worcestershire responded with just over 300. Matty Potts again in the wickets with a six for six for 62. And there was just enough time in the game for Sean Dixon to grab his second hundred of the match, but it ended up in a draw. Annie, you've got a feel for Josh Baker, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, what is he, 19 or something, 18? Yeah. I mean, 18, and uh, to get tonked around like that with a, a man on, obviously, on a mission um, must have been really tough. It was very nice of Ben Stokes to um, tweet out something afterwards to him saying how he really understood. I mean, let's face it, Stokes knows about being hit. Yeah, anyway, so um, I'm, uh, I'm, I do feel for him very much. Um, it must have been really, really tough. But um, Stokes looked in really, really good form. He didn't get any wickets, though, did he? No. In fact, going back to that Stokes message to him, it, it wasn't delivered in a condescending or patronising no. way either. And it, that's, it was the wording of it, which I thought was was lovely. Jason, you, I mean, every bowler's been whacked around the ground at some point in their career. How do you respond in that situation? Yeah, look, it can be tough. And uh, I remember an, an Ashes test match in Perth and uh, in the late 90s and I got smacked around by Mark Ramprakash and uh, Graham Hick. I went for 26, 27 off and over and uh, thought my career was over. Um, was ready to pack my bags and go. But um, but look, you just need to just put it out of your mind and, and focus on, on the next ball, the next over that you have to bowl. Um, you know, as hard as it is to put it out of your mind, you just got to look forward and, and focus on, on what the task at hand is and uh, park it, learn from it. And move on. And yep. what you don't need is someone like KP putting it up on uh, social media um, and saying how dreadful the conditions are, really. Let's yep. face it. Well, Tony, you've got something to add on that, haven't you? Oh, I, I was about the same thing. Yeah, it was KP, was he did jump on it pretty quickly. Um, and it, you know, a lot of people were celebrating the magnificent Stokes innings. KP was <laughs> in like a shot, wasn't he? Just to say, this is why we need franchise cricket. Um, interestingly enough, literally within about an hour, there was a 
Afridi was splaying stumps in you know, the probably one of the best Yorkers I've literally ever seen. So I mean, you know, to pick on one over to try and get a point just seemed a little bit lame to me. I've got to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, the captaincy is affecting Ben Stokes's form, isn't it? But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Ben Stokes has taken over the England captaincy, you know, with England at the bottom of the World Test Championship rankings. And it reminds me of Australia under Alan Border. And uh, it was sort of a little bit before your time, wasn't it, Jason? Uh, just a little bit before my time, but um, look, England, uh, you know, haven't played the cricket they'd like to play. Um, I, I think Stokes' decision was was a natural decision. I think it's a, the absolute correct decision. Um, you know, I think England got nothing to lose. I, I think what what we will see is, uh, I think what we've seen is, is Stokes has said he's going to look to bat six. He'll probably be the fourth seam bowling option. I, I think we'll see less and less of Ben Stokes at the bowling crease um, with the captaincy, and and just he's getting a bit older as well. Um, so we'll probably see less and less of him at the bowling crease. He'll, he'll still, I, I think he can probably work on a 90-over day, a couple of spells, um, but I, I don't expect him to bowl too much more than that in a day's play in, uh, in a test match. I think he'll be there more as a batting, uh, genuine batter, batter who just rolls out uh, rolls out a couple of spells. Yeah. And, Jason, I mean, Jason, you, you played under some wonderful Australian captains in sort of Miles Taylor, Steve War, Ricky Ponting. Were they, they all different in styles? Yeah, yeah, they all were. Um, I, I suppose I'm always asked, if, do I rank them all in order? And I, I don't necessarily have a ranking because I, I think they all had unique qualities. But what, what I what I often say is that, um, you know, Mark Taylor, it was my first captain. So I probably looked through rose-coloured glasses a little bit. Uh, he was such a support backing of a young fast bowler. Um, he was great. And then, obviously, uh, I had probably the majority of my career with Steve Waugh as, as captain. So so I really enjoyed, you know, he, he backed you to the hilt. Um, and then right at the back end of my career, uh, had Ricky. And, and Ricky had sort of learnt from um, playing under Mark Taylor, under Steve Waugh, and, and formulated his own style and own way of, of leading the team. And, um, you know, and he was absolutely fantastic and supportive as well. So I, I can't really split them, but... I suppose in my career, you know, I had, I had different experiences with each of them because it was a different phases of my career. Um, they were all just wonderful, supportive captains and, and they all have, have incredible records and, and I think helped by the fact that the players I had around them, you know, some of the legends of the game and, um, you know, the, the, uh, the bowling attack, you know, led by Glenn McGrath and the late Shane Warne, um, you know, two of the best players that have ever played the game. Um you know that, that 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 certainly helps you as a leader to to have, to be able to call on guys like that. Yeah, well, I I hate to admit this as as does any red blooded Englishman, but it's probably the finest Test side that I've ever walked onto a cricket pitch. So uh, there you go. Anyway, let's go down. Uh, let's go south down to Hove and one of your old counties, Jason. Uh, Sussex got 392 in what was a wonderful advert for county cricket. Ali Orr got 99. Tom Allsop 113. Middlesex fell short. John Simpson again in the runs. Mr. Consistency, 71. Luke Holman, 82. And there was a five for there for Ollie Robinson. Sussex then batted and set Middlesex 370, thanks to 170 from Cheteshwar Pujara. But amazing knocks from Sam Robson, 149. Peter Hanscom, 79. Maxie Alden, 80. Saw them home. And what, what was an absolutely amazing chase. Um, 
And he is, uh, Tom Haynes has been getting a little bit of stick for quite a sporting declaration, but I thought he's quite a good one. Yeah, I mean... You, you can't win in cricket, can you? Because a lot of people complaining about the Yorkshire-Essex game and it being a bit dull. And then you get someone who makes a sporting declaration and, and immediately everyone's jumping on that as well. It's, I mean, really tough for him. And I hope it doesn't um, affect him too much because, uh, you know, it wasn't a... It wasn't a um, ridiculous declaration at all it was very very well chased down by Middlesex so um, uh, I think um, that game to me it was really really good but it the um, dislocation of uh, Robbie White's shoulder was pretty um, grim yeah yeah Jason is uh, a little bit of a struggle at Sussex um, you know what, what's going on there <laughs> Yeah, I mean, first of all, just to jump on what Annie was saying there with the, the declaration, I, I thought it was a brave, uh, not not necessarily a brave call, but it was a good call. It was the right call, Tom Haynes. And I think if you look at the history of the game, the odds were in Sussex's favour to that, that Robert, as you mentioned, Robbie White dislocated his shoulder, so Middlesex were a batter down. Um, they were one wicket away from, from potentially running through Middlesex. I thought it was a great declaration. The batting teams are allowed to play well and allowed to win a game of cricket. Um, Sussex are a young, inexperienced side by and large, with a couple of you know a couple of experienced players sprinkled in there. You know that they're in a in a, in a, in a different phase. They've had a, a big turnover of players, um, but those young players are going to learn a lot more from playing in a in a loss like that. Um, you know than playing out a boring old draw. They're not going to learn as much, and uh, you know. I, I I firmly believe that that will actually be a good thing for Sussex, mate. The the supporters, the public may not see that in the next little while, but those players will learn a lot from that experience. Tom Haynes, as leader, will learn a lot from that and from that experience. Just hopefully, he doesn't um, doesn't lose sight of the bigger picture, um, you know, from that experience. Yeah, and you also had Cheteshwar Pajara. You've worked with him uh, during his time at Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah, Cheteshwar is an absolute ripper of a bloke. Uh, fantastic player. Um, just bats and bats and bats. He's got a pretty simple technique. He he leaves very well around fourth and fifth stump and makes the bowlers bowl to him. Uh, any width, he can punch it through the offside. Um, once he's going, he can play the short ball very well, but he he can manipulate the ball off the stumps into that leg side like a lot of Indian batsmen, a lot of subcontinent players do really well. Very good, risky players to... And, and access that leg side, and uh, and he's a very good player, and um, you know the perfect perfect player for Sussex. They need that at the moment. They've got a lot of young batters to have an experienced player like him. Um, you know, is is fantastic for them. Yeah, and Tony, I can't tell you how lovely it is to have you on the show. I'm normally sat here with two Somerset fans who've given me absolute grief for a couple of years, and uh, it's it's great to see. Middlesex, top of the table. And I've been waiting all season for this moment. Middlesex, go on. Wax lyrical. Well, first of all, I, you know, I will say a trip to Hove is fantastic anyway. Um, I think they've, you know, recruited well, have Middlesex this season. I mean, clearly a freedom. I mean, don't forget Sussex. It was billed as the, it was the big showdown, wasn't it? It was a heavyweight battle between a Freedy and Pujara. Um, and on this occasion, Jason, he did, I think, chase a wide one from Ethan Bamber. So people had to wait for the, mm. for the showdown to actually to actually happen. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I have to say, when I saw the Middlesex team sheet, 
you know, um, I was a little bit worried. No Roland Jones, no Murta, no Helm. You know, we had young Blake Cullen. Ethan, I think, is a fantastic prospect. Um, and obviously, Afridi, who then was ill and may not have batted. Um, so we so we potentially were two players down. Uh, but yeah, it, it was... Um, it, it does show depth. I think the balance between you know youth and experience at Middlesex have got this season is really, really genuinely exciting. Um, and yeah, I, I, I am feeling really happy for for, for the season, not just because Middlesex are top, but but I think they're playing some some terrific cricket as well. The other interesting thing, I mean, that chase was um, fantastic. Three hundred and seventy, am I right? Yeah, we were. Yeah. Yeah, so it made me go and have a little look at because uh, I, I knew it was the eighth. A couple were against Somerset of the of the eight. I can tell you, but oddly at Uxbridge, you don't know why. But it seems a bit unusual. But but uh, um, the the highest ever was nineteen twenty five for Middlesex. That was five hundred and six, I think, for two uh, five and two for six against Notts in nineteen twenty five. Mm. Patsy Hedron made double ton. And bowling for for knots was um, Harold Larwood, obviously pre England days. Um, I think he played his first game for England in in um, twenty six, didn't he? So that was interesting to look back at. And then the second highest was against Yorkshire. Uh, yeah, Jason's still having nightmares about that, and I don't yeah, think we should mention no. that Chris Rogers not. <laughs> no. Well, that just no, Chris no, Rogers well, went forever. What I can it? what I can say that was actually Joe Root's first game yeah, as captain of Yorkshire. Andrew Gale um, uh, gave up his spot in the team to allow Joe to play the game and to captain the game. Uh, he sacrificed his own spot, um, and Joe learnt a lot from that. Uh, you know, Chris Rogers hit 250. Uh, in Angus Fraser, who was then managing director of uh, or the director of cricket at Middlesex, said it was the best knock he'd seen in 30 years by a Middlesex player um, against a very strong Yorkshire attack. So, um, as I said before, sometimes the batters, the, the batting team, are allowed to do something special, um, but statistically. Um, the odds are very much with the bowling side in those situations. Um, but that's what makes our game so great. You know, batters can have a day out and win a game of cricket when the odds are stacked against them. Yeah. Well, let's round up at Cardiff. And it's another of your ex-clubs, Jason uh, Glamorgan, who they've gone second in the table. They bowled Leicestershire out for 320. Minus Labashane with three wickets there. Uh, Glamorgan then responded with 437, thanks to 84 from Sam Northeast and 91 from Kieran Carlson. He's in the runs week in, week out. There was three apiece for uh, Michael Neeser and Michael Hogan. Seems the Australians are doing well down there. Uh, Leicester, they bowled Leicestershire out for 266, which Glamorgan knocked off easily. Jason Matthew Maynard doing a good job there. Yeah, uh, Matt Maynard, head coach there. Uh, Mark Wallace is the director of cricket. Uh, I know when I played there back in 2008, um, Mark Wallace was uh, was keeping in the side, and uh, Matt Maynard was director of cricket. So um, Matt is Matt is a coach. He loves the getting down and dirty, working with the players. Loves spending time with the batters, working, helping them develop their game. He's got a very positive outlook. On, on how the game should be played. It's, it should be played in a positive way. Um, he'll be encouraging all the Glamorgan batsmen to play in that way, um, and you'll see the results. So he, he's a fantastic coach, uh, you know, a great friend, lovely man, um, you know, and I, I think he's fantastic. He's the right person at the right time 
um, at Club Organ there. And I think Mark Wallace is, a, is an inspired choice as director of cricket. Yeah. And Annie, Leicestershire, season of struggle ahead? Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, they're, they're a young side. They're, they have had problems. I think they, they weren't... It wasn't terrible. They got good scores. They got a 320 and they got 266. So, I mean, they did well. Um, but I think there was a bit of carelessness um, generally in, in the game. And, uh, I mean, neither team got 100. Uh, that must be rare at the moment. So, um, But there were an awful lot of runs. So um, and, and also the three runouts. As I'd run out uh, at 64 and, then, and there were three runouts in the first innings. I think, you know, there's some... Some uh, a bit bit of bad play going on there, I reckon. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm really sad that they uh, they didn't um, draw that at least. But yeah. yeah, well, one one run out's unfortunate. Two is careless. Three is bloody stupid. So there you go. Tony Sam Northeast. What a signing! Good signing for Glamorgan. Yes, I think he is. Uh, he'll always make you runs. Uh, where's he be? From Kent to Hampshire, from Hampshire to Glamorgan. If I'm sort of following right, we've had him on no, our show. Not. I think he had a little loan spell oh, at Nottingham, did didn't he? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Whether he's whether he can, hmm, whether he can really pile up the two, the, the you know the 150s, 200s. I I I don't know. He's been talked about for so long in the England frame. He's been on Lions tours. Uh, um, I think he's he he is a fantastic player. He will always mm. score you runs. He's very calm. He's very collected. I think he's 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 very mature, uh, and he's a lovely chap. Um, uh, but but I think a couple of really big scores had, had, had might just elevate him into that frame of uh, England discussion again. He just seems to have just always fallen short of uh, sufficiently big ones often enough. Uh, but yes, I think uh, definitely a, a, a fine signing. I mean, another name just to pop out of that game that uh, as that I'm interested in is Hassan Azad, because if he keeps scoring runs in a struggling team, um, harsh maybe on Leicestershire, but I think they're, they're almost worth that little bit more. You know, what did he get? A couple of fifties here. He got a, got a ton against Worcestershire earlier in the season. Mm. I think he and he's been in England since he was fifteen. I'm not quite sure what that makes his status, but you know, to me, Hassan Azad's always one to watch as well. Yeah, I, I would. If I could jump in there, I'd just completely agree with that. I think he's he's snuck under the radar a little bit. Um, he, for me, he's uh, Azad is one to watch. Yeah. Well, that rounds up Division 2, apart from the table, where Middlesex are top of the table with 82 points. Glamorgan a second with 74. Knots close on their tails, 73. Derbyshire, 65. Durham, 58. Worcestershire, 52. And Sussex and Leicestershire bringing up the rear. Over to you, Annie. Uh, well, um, thank you, all of you, for um, being here for this uh, roundup of uh, the last, uh, the oh, round five, wasn't it? I can't believe how quickly it's all going. Um, and uh, so, thank you to Dan. Thank you. Thank you to Tony. Pleasure. And thank you to Dizzy. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, look forward to round six uh, coming up very, very rapidly on Thursday. I, I will be at Beckenham watching Kent play Surrey, which I'm very, very excited about because I've never been. And uh, Dan will be at uh, the Gloucester Somerset Derby. Let's hope Somerset win. And Tony, where will you be? 
Uh, I will be at Lord's uh, for the first two days. Okay. Don't know about if I, I might sneak further afield after that, see how things go. I think Watford um, might be at home, though, so on Saturday. So maybe I have to go back and suffer there one more time. Jason, where would you be? <laughs> uh, I will be at my son's basketball. He's got a basketball carnival this weekend. He plays... Uh, under 16 Division One for the mighty Southern Tigers in the in the Adelaide um, basketball competition. So yeah, we'll see how he goes. Looking go yeah. Tigers. Uh, I'm guessing he's quite tall then. Yeah, he's 14 and he's uh, just clocked under six three now. So I think he's got a bit of growing to do. So he could he could be a very tall boy. Jason, have you still got the wine business going? No, that well, I was never really involved in it, mate. It was just a, a winemaker just put, uh, you know, asked me if I could uh, do a couple of promos for him, and he uh, he made a label and yeah, sent me a few wines. It was all all quite good. You got some good wines there, only with the Barossa. Yeah, that they were decent, but uh, but yeah, I don't know if there's any more left. I think they've been drunk. <laughs> Clare Valley, isn't it? The Clare Valley, fabulous, one of the. Yeah, I, I live region. in the McLaren. I live in the McLaren Vale region of uh, south of Adelaide. Um, beautiful wines. Um, yeah, get yourself some. I'm a big fan of cricket wines. There's one called Cover Drive that I drink an awful lot of. Yeah, that's Ian a brought Valley. some out. Yeah, Ian Botham brought some out, didn't he, a few years ago, which were yeah. uh, quite. Well, he, he teamed up with a, a winemaker here in the in the uh, McLaren Vale region called Jeff Merrill. So it was Botham Merrill Willis. Uh, with the late Bob Willis as well. So, um, yeah, BMW Shiraz, I think it was. So, yeah, no, very good. Uh, yeah, anyway, look, uh, uh, thank you ever so much. And that's <laughs> that's it for this round. Thank you. Goodbye. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Sports Social Podcast Network.